could scare you. I was being trained to be uh, a, a, a warlock. I was being trained with witches that were in the, in the religion. The story about the digging and the hearing of the sounds from hell is very real. After Papa tells us to hold the knife and then he puts his big hand on, he puts you in pushes the eight into the knife, cuts it. You couldn't speak to the devil right away. You had to earn your right to speak to the devil. I listened to a tape recording. There were infants crying, children crying. And adults chanting. If, if you mess with the devil, he'll kill you, he'll kill your family. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. This week on Stillborn Goat 666 Heavy Metal Podcast, our guest is Mur Durr, the lead singer and renaissance man behind the brilliant Death Curse. Their self-titled album is out on Razorback Records. You can find them on Bandcamp and also on Facebook. Now, these guys are kind of a little bit different from a lot of bands you're going to hear because they're very heavily influenced by horror films, and in particular, the mom-and-pop video store's horror section. So I asked Murder, how'd you get into music, metal, and horror films? Well, as far as music went, you know, it was, um, I don't know, just being a little kid and stuff. I remember going to a barbecue with my mom and dad one time and her brothers you know they played guitar and you know, they were doing this kind of country stuff at the time like Alabama and that sort of stuff that was really popular in the early 80s and you know I saw them play and that kind of made an impression on me but then I don't know I just decided I liked music at some point but um you know as far as getting into metal goes you know whenever because I didn't have any older siblings or anything, so I would just kind of listen to whatever, you know, my mom was listening to at the time. So growing up, I heard a lot of stuff like the Moody Blues and everything else, but you know, my mom would listen to anything and everything. So, I mean, she had everything from, like, the Moody Blues to Billy Idol in her music collection, so I had a pretty eclectic mix. But as far as what I can really first determine discovering kind of heavier music was around... 1987 I was seven years old and uh, I had a babysitter at the time and she watched MTV now at the time you know some of the biggest albums that were coming out like Appetite for Destruction had just come out and uh, Poison was really popular too so basically that whole LA hair metal and glam and everything and so I kind of got into a lot of that well when my mom heard me listening to that she told me about this guy called Alice Cooper so, you know, and she told me about the song Only Women Bleed. Well, I had no idea what the song was about. I knew it was about a song called Only Women Bleed and this guy named Alice Cooper who did lots of crazy stuff on stage. So I wanted to know about him. And um, I went out and I bought Trash when it first came out, but then I discovered the older stuff. And then as far as getting the actual really heavy stuff, my older stepsister at the time, she had walking in. I asked her what she was listening to, and she says a band called Metallica, and I probably wouldn't like it because it was heavier than the stuff I listened to. When I heard heavier than what I listened to, I was instantly intrigued because I wanted to hear heavier stuff. And so um, I put the headphones on, it was Injustice for All, and, and that was a hell of an introduction for me. And then I saved up my allowance, bought Ride the Lightning, and uh, a, you know, cassette player, and it was all downhill from there. From at that point, you know, the the window was open and everything was coming in. So as soon as I discovered Metallica, you know, then of course you follow with the rest of the big four, and then you get into more obscure stuff and punk rock and everything else. Um, so that's really where music starts for me. I didn't actually start playing guitar until I was about twelve. 
Um, my mom saw me taking an interest, and so she bought me an acoustic guitar. And I took lessons on it for a while and just started playing. And then by the time I was 15, I started, you know, working on my first band and that sort of thing. As far as horror films go, I mean, that goes back even further. My parents were relatively liberal, I guess, or just didn't, you know, have good judgment. And uh, they let me watch Creep Show when I was about two years old. And uh, <laughs> it made a hell of an impression on me, you know. It was just uh, the makeup effects in that movie. That's one of my absolute favorite movies, even to this day. And uh, so that really stuck with me. And, uh, you know, I'd go to the video store, Mom and Pop Shop, that uh, they had all the new releases. But because, you know, they weren't obligated to cycle through, they just kept all their movies. So they had a hell of a collection of horror films, you know, by the time they'd been open for 10 years. And, you know, I could find all those old movies out there. And that's kind of how I got into that. And for me, being a child of 80s horror and heavy metal, this is a band that hits every single chord for me. Even for me, it's uh, I'm younger than a lot of the guys I hung out with. Like, I mean, I'm six years younger than Assassin myself. And uh, but he and I, you know, he... He had originally lived in Marshfield, Missouri, and I, I guess I should throw that up that we're actually from Missouri because I've seen some reviews because I think on the Facebook page I mentioned we're from Crystal Lake and people didn't get the joke or didn't see the movies that, you know, because Camp Crystal Lake, obviously we're called Death Curse, Friday the 13th, that sort of thing. So they actually thought we were from someplace called Crystal Lake and I think it's based in Illinois or something, but we're actually from Missouri. And uh, so, but... um. Assassin had lived in Marshfield, which is not too far away from Springfield, where I live. And we worked on a band together around 99, 2000. And he, I mean, I know a good deal about some horror films and some metal bands, and you know, that I like a lot, and it's had a tremendous influence on me. But that guy can talk to you for days about the most obscure movies, most obscure bands the wealth of knowledge when you want to see something you haven't seen before or hear something you haven't heard before so he's a lot of influence as far as that goes for me and in order for you guys to be able to kind of wrap your head around the music the imagery and that 80s demo tape vibe that you're getting from death curse and their self-titled album on razorback records i gotta play some so here's pocket full of zip ties asked murder about this song that song really you know Whereas most of the songs on there are like directly, you know, influenced by some kind of movie or whatever. That one was not the case. I just, you know, had this idea for some crazy riffs and the way I did those songs was just kind of like fly by the seat of my pants. So I went in there and banged that one out in about, you know, a couple hours one night and I just wrote some lyrics down real quick. So, I don't know, it's just clearly about like just some dude getting ready to go raise hell in this city, you know with an axe. Pocket full of zip ties and a rusty axe I'm going out to the night I've got plans for this little town Wreaking havoc in the dead of night No motivation, just a random face I'm not out for revenge That's what I'd have got to satiate I'm on a 
from Death Curse off their self-titled album on Razorback Records. You can find it on Bandcamp, find them on Facebook. And so you guys now hear that raw sound, zero pretense. And for me, being 40 years old, guess not too ashamed to say it, it took me back to days gone by, those days of finding a cassette demo tape at a record store, taking it home, and hearing that untreated metal sound. And I had to know, how they got that sound well a lot of it you know is um i just i didn't have a lot of good gear i mean it was uh you know the the first time that i ever recorded a song that became death curse it was um we recorded uh the lord of crystal lake and the way i did that i just went up there it was i plugged a like a Tascam microphone mixer directly into the microphone input of my laptop so and played the drum tracks so whatever you capture at that moment you're stuck with you can't go in and turn up the kick drum or turn down the snare or anything it's whatever you get in that live mix that's it so it was recorded really raw in the sense that it was a microphone mixer going directly into a laptop i didn't have a proper interface or anything like that and, um, you know, it's just the guitars have a lower gain on them because, you know, I didn't have a expensive amp. And for whatever reason, I didn't just distort the piss out of it. I just kind of went with the natural distortion that was on the single channel amp I was playing through. 
And so that's really what it comes down to is just trying to get the best sound you can out of really cheap gear. When I think about the stuff that really sticks with me, it was these records that, you know, they didn't always sound the brightest, and, you know, and they may have been a little sloppy in places, but as long as the performance and the songs are there, all that other stuff doesn't really matter. And a lot of times I think that other stuff can kind of overshadow it and you miss, I don't know. I just like raw produced stuff, <laughs> but I don't like being, you know, I don't like being blatant about it. I don't like somebody going into an expensive studio and trying to make it sound like the garage, you know, that, that shines through. Like when Metallica put out St. Anger, you know, you don't take a million dollar Pro Tools rig and try to make it sound like you just got together in the garage. If I was producing that album, I would have taken those guys with the Fostex A-Track and stuck them in a garage and said, make the metal, you know? And it wouldn't have taken 20 years to make it if you'd done it that way either. So how long did it take you guys to make this album? If all those songs had been written, we probably could have knocked it out in a single afternoon. But because the way it was, was they were recorded as they were written. So I would come up with the song like maybe earlier in that week. All in all, I'd say it probably took, you know, three or four months to write the songs and record them. But what I do is, you know, I work third shift, so when I'd have a night off, of course my family's asleep by midnight for the most part. My uh, regular band that I play with, we have a practice space that I can access pretty much all night. It's available to us from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. So I just go up there in the middle of the night and bang out a song and then, you know, wait a week or two until inspiration hit me and then write something else so yeah all in all about three or four months two horror films stand out to me as being absolutely perfect horror films that's texas chainsaw massacre the original and the original night of living dead dawn of the dead throw that one in there too but death curse did an homage to chainsaw on their self-titled album out on razorback records and it's called edgies well, i think we just picked up dracula where you headed man Sal, you work at that place? Oh, no. How did you get stuck way out here? Uh, I was at the slaughterhouse. I got an uncle that works at the slaughterhouse. Hey, my, my brother worked there. My, my grandfather, too. <laughs> my family's always been in me.
self-titled album out on Razorback Records and uh, go give them a like over on Facebook too. Now for me, when I hear music, especially when I don't have a visual aid to go with it, the mind just reels when I start thinking about what these guys could be doing visually on stage. So I asked Murder if they've done any shows and if there are plans for any more. Uh, I mean, we've never played live because, you know, the most part is a tube. And at the time when we recorded it, uh, you know, Assassin was living in Blue Springs here in Springfield, so we couldn't get together for rehearsals or anything. But, um, you know, I, I'm always open to the idea. Uh, I'm skeptical of being able to find the right musicians to pull it off because, I mean, trying to get, you know, four musicians in a room is like trying to wrangle cats sometimes, and especially as you get older, people already have themselves established in other bands. And if they're younger, they want to play newer music, you know. So, I don't know. I'm open to the idea, but no, we haven't played out yet, and I don't know if we ever will. And now you heard Pocket Full of Zip Ties, you heard Head Cheese, and now for a really different song in the context of the rest of the album and everything that Death Curse kind of stands for up to this point, it's a song called Sleepwalker. It's one of the most memorable songs on the album, so I had Murder fill me in on that one. Well, when I went in to record it, I actually just kind of played the drums first, and you know, another huge influence on me is the Ramones. When I discovered them, you know, I just loved their stuff, and uh, so I kind of went in with that, you know, frame of mind, and I uh, just kind of played the drum beat and counted it off my head. Okay, there's a verse, there's a chorus, there's a verse, there's a chorus, there's a bridge. I mean, it's a very simple song structure. And then I came up with the riffs and everything, and whenever I first recorded it, you know, I was skeptical about even putting it on the album. I said, this is kind of too left field. I don't know if it'll work. But then Billy from Razorback said, no, definitely put it on there. I said, all right. But, so it's I, and, uh, I mean, now, listening back to it, it's one of my favorite songs on the album. I mean, my vocal performance, it, it's sketchy, but then again, like I said, I'm not going for, for, for perfection, just trying to get a good performance out there and going with it. I'm the new guy in your town, won't you be so kind and show me Drama on the silver screen sets my heart on fire. 
Sleepwalker from Death Curse from their self-titled album on Razorback Records. You can find that thing on Bandcamp and also go over to Facebook and give them a like now. Sleepwalker is a song that sounds like it came straight off of an 80s horror movie soundtrack. Well, and that's kind of what I thought, too. You know, we were, we were thinking of it kind of like, you know, well, this album's kind of like a horror film. And, you know, a lot of those 80s slasher movies, they always had like some kind of killer power ballad or something that played whenever the credits rolled. And that was the idea with that song. And Death Curse is just one of the great bands on Razorback Records. That's run by Billy and Vanessa Nocera, who, for those who don't know, it's kind of a horror-themed metal record label. Troglodyte, Wooden Stake, the guys in Death Curse. So how was it working with them? Um, I mean, right now, you know, they put this out. I think they kind of took a hit on it because... You know, it, it didn't sell right out the gate like, you know, I think uh, some of their other albums did. So, I mean, I don't know, you know, if they ever want to put out another album for us, I, I, I'd welcome it. I mean, I love those guys. They're great and everything they've done for us. But um, right now, we haven't really worked on anything new. Um, aside from Death Curse, I also played guitar on that last Wooden Stake album, if you've heard of that. Oh, the, uh, a Feast of Virgin. Yeah, A Feast of Virgin Souls. I worked on that. And uh, I'm always in contact with Billy and Vanessa. So, but right now my uh, whole musical focus has just kind of been on my primary band, and just a little punk band here in Springfield called Truck Face. If anybody wants to check that out, and it's just kind of more along the lines of like I don't know, like Iggy and the Stooges or something, and just early heavy metal stuff. Big thanks to Murder from Death Curse, the lead singer and songwriter, guitarist, drummer. He's everything behind Death Curse. The self-titled album is on Razorback Records. You can find it on Bandcamp. Give him a like over on Facebook. And next time on Stillborn Goat 666 Heavy Metal Podcast, straight out of Vancouver, British Columbia, it's Bushwhacker. So go give us a like over on Facebook. You can subscribe on iTunes. Go give us a nice rating over there. Astro Radio Z. You can find that on Facebook. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it everywhere. Lots of great shows on the Astro Radio Z Network including Stillborn Goat 666 Heavy Metal Podcast. So until next time, go check out Death Curse on Bandcamp and Facebook and stay heavy, stay brutal, and I'll see your ass in the pit.
Yeah. 